I'm George Faust. I'm Karaski Melvin, and this is Inside Cajun Nation. KLFY and the University of Louisiana at Lafayette present Inside Cajun Nation. Sponsored by Dudley DeBosier, official injury lawyers of the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns. Oh, hi, hello, and welcome to Inside Cajun Nation. I'm George Faust. Karaski Melvin, join us in just a bit. And on tonight's show, former Raging Cajun baseball coach Tony Robichaux posthumously inducted into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. Plus, a look at the upcoming football schedule and some new faces joining the staff of the women's basketball program. All that and an encore presentation of my exclusive one-on-one -on -one interview with head, coach, base, head baseball coach Matt Deggs. But first things first. This weekend marks the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame's big weekend. They induct 12 new members. One of those will be former Raging Cajun head baseball coach Tony Robichaux. He, along with Saints offensive lineman Jari Evans, former LSU Tiger and NFL defensive end Kyle Williams, and Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation's Jay Cicero, who's responsible for many, many of those big events that head to the Big Easy, uh, he's inducted as well. All of them talked about this honor, and Coach Robichaud's son, Justin, says Coach Robe's success came as a result of his convictions. Just a man bent on consistency, man, um, and integrity. And, and I've never seen the guy waver. Um, I've lived with him for 18 years, and I've never seen him waver. That's probably the coolest thing that I can say as a, as a son. The dude never wavered. Like, it didn't matter. Um, one year we, we had uh, one of his All-American left-handed pitchers ends up doing some interesting things off the field. And you would think, you know, uh, a couple of stadiums maybe, you know, run till you throw up kind of type thing. And sure enough, man, he had, he had his rules. And if you did anything that put yourself above the program, you had to sit out a year um, to hold them accountable to a higher standard. And sure enough, he was, he was held to a higher standard. And, and still to this day, that uh, he's a friend of the family. And, and he says that, you know, that he thanks the good Lord every day for what he did for him. Now, Louisiana football and the Sunbelt Conference have announced five Raging Cajun games during this 2022 season will be broadcast to a national audience on the ESPN family of networks. All three of the team's midweek clashes will be picked up by linear networks, while two of the Raging Cajun's first three games will be broadcast on ESPN+. Louisiana's season opener at Cajun Field against Southeastern Louisiana. The Lions on Saturday, September 3rd, will kick off at 6 p.m. on the Plus, ESPN Plus. Two weeks later, the Cajuns will head to Houston and take on Rice, September 17th at 6.30, and that will be on ESPN Plus as well. The rematch of the 2021 RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl against Marshall, That'll be on Wednesday, October 12th, and will air on ESPN2 at 6.30 p.m. with a contest at Southern Miss, October 27th, and at home against Georgia Southern, November 10th, appearing on ESPNU, scheduled for 6.30. Game times and television designations for all the remaining contests will be announced at a later date. Still to come, Coach Gary Broadhead adds to his staff and to his roster. That's coming up next on Inside Cajun Nation. We'll see you right back here in 90 seconds.
This portion of Cajun Nation is brought to you by Lafayette Coca-Cola Bottling. Welcome back to the show. I'm George Faust. Louisiana's women's basketball head coach, Gary Broadhead, announced the addition of Casey Cryer as the program's next chief of staff. Cryer joins the Cajuns from Houston Baptist, where she most recently served as an assistant coach for the Huskies. Before arriving in Houston, Cryer spent five seasons as the head coach at McNeese State and 12 seasons with the Cowgirls overall, working with Coach Broadhead from 2010 to 2012. At Houston Baptist, she helped the Huskies win the Southland Conference regular season after the team posted a 12-2 record in league play. The team went on to participate in the women's NIT. So congratulations to Casey Cryer, Coach Broadhead there. Coach Broadhead also added to the roster. The new additions include guard Imani Ivory, center Wilnita, Wil Wilney, Joseph, guard Sherry Porter, guard Imani Rothschild, and center Mariah Stewart. The, he says this group includes two centers that stand at six foot five, six foot two, respectively, and a trio of guards that have shown elite playmaking ability. Acadiana Sports, uh, the Acadiana Cane Cutters now, as we talk a little baseball, uh, sport a 13 and five record heading into the weekend. That was good enough for the league's best record. The Cutters head coach Darren Dukes likes this team and the way they're coming together with timely hitting, good pitching. That's all you can really ask for. Sports anchor Karaski Melvin caught up with Coach Dukes about where the team stands at this stage of the season. Been the key for you guys getting that standing? Well, it was a combination of both. You know, we've had good pitching throughout the throughout the first half. We're not walking a whole lot of people and we are getting timely hitting when we need it. Uh, speaking of pitching, you guys have the TCL Pitcher of the Week. I mean, on top of the Hero of the Week, how great is that? Like, you have both of those on your team. Well, both of those guys um, did a good job for us last week. Um, Josh Gray, I mean, John Gray made his first start for us, did, kept us in the ball game in the Prairie, hit a um, grand slam in Baton Rouge. Um, put us up in the game, which we eventually won. And going going forward, what do you guys think is the most important is to kind of keep this momentum going as you know, you guys like believe it's 9 of 10 or 10, or 10 or 11, but like what does it take to keep mo this momentum going forward? Well, you know, one thing as coaches, we got to naturally rest our bodies. And as players, you know, on the pitching side, they, they've got to get their early work in, running, get their bodies prepared to pitch. Um, hitters, you know, we just keep plugging along. Um, you know, our hitting coach is down in the cage right now, John Harris, and, and, you know, working with a couple of guys that are not necessarily slumping, but, you know, it's something that we need to do every day. Speaking of. All right, still to come. Thanks, Karaski, by the way. Still to come on Inside Cajun Nation. I sit down for that one-on-one -on -one conversation with head baseball coach Matt Deggs as we look back at the regional and the future of Cajun baseball. All of that coming up when we return right here on Inside Cajun Nation. Don't go away. Welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation, everybody. George Faust alongside the head baseball coach for the Raging Cajuns. I wanted to say men's baseball, but they don't play don't women's say baseball. That. They play they play softball. So, <laughs> uh, 
The baseball coach for the Raging Cajuns is Matt Deggs. And, Coach, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate you. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here, some. George. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's start uh, with where we ended the season. Uh, obviously, in a regional, which is a good thing. Uh, maybe wish we could have got to the Super, of course. But uh, nonetheless, a, a very productive year for you guys. No doubt. Wish we were still playing. Uh, but I wish it for the kids. And those boys love to play so, so much, and they loved each other so much. And they, they just – I felt like they deserved to keep playing and may have just uh, run out of a bullet or two. Yeah. And uh, I think we emptied everything we had against A&M uh, on, on, was it Saturday night? And it took a lead into the seventh, uh, two run lead into the seventh, just couldn't hold it. And, uh, but I was proud of them and I was happy for them and for Cajun Nation and this community. And just to know that we got a little bit of our swagger back and, and uh, a little bit of that nasty back and, right. and a little bit of that grit back, and it, could, it makes me proud for everybody. Yeah, you can you can kind of see that too all year long. Yeah, I've been saying you know I I go on the radio time and time again, and and I, I just can't, I'm like dude, they're scrap. That's a scrappy, but they are fun to watch. Like when you get out there, you, you, you're enjoying this game because they're gonna they're gonna run, they're gonna they're gonna hit the ball. You know, it's gonna be exciting. You're gonna watch some productive baseball. When you say uh, ta tapped out, you know, you, you guys kind of left it all out there. Uh, does Have you ever been a part of a team that does that and uh, and then you realize, oh, my goodness, we still got a little bit more? Or uh, sometimes, I guess, I don't know, does that uh, ever happen? Well, in order for that to happen, you're, you're going to have to have a little bit more depth on the mound. Mm. And I think – Although our guys all did their part, uh, I think uh, we started to run a little bit short. And, and something that really not a lot of people know is we got real banged up late. So Marshock pulls his hamstring, Kemp's fighting a back, and he's out. And, and there's two of your better players out for the entire regional. Uh, Rocco had been battling some stuff as well as, as DeBarge. And, and so. Uh, you know, Bo uh, gave us everything he had in that first outing. And uh, so it was, uh, we were definitely outmanned, but we weren't outhearted. And uh, I thought that was our best tool all year was just our heart and our grit and just our fight. And these kids love each other. They didn't want to surrender. And uh, they were fun to watch. I didn't even know what was going to happen. So. Right. Absolutely. And so uh, you get to the Texas A&M Regional, I guess, once you win the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, uh, I guess a little bit of ease sets in, and everybody was asking me, where do you think the Cajuns are going to go? And I was like, look, you know, they're like Hattiesburg. I'm like, ah. they love sending the Cajuns to A&M for yeah. some reason. They like doing that, uh, that committee. Did you, did, when you, after you guys won, did you have any sense of where you were going to go and why? Uh, like no, and, and I've been to a lot of them, and I know it doesn't. You, you can try to play matchup all you want. Yeah. But to advance, you're going to have to beat somebody, right. and somebody that's somebody. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they pair them up because it's two passionate fan bases that uh, I don't know that there's a lot of hostility there. They kind of, you know, uh, both fan bases love their team, and TCU showed well as, as, as well. Uh, but it was our old stomping grounds as well, and so it had some extra special meaning. It was great to see some people, and everybody was so great to us. And I thought we played well. Uh, I would have liked to have seen us hold on to that lead and see what would have happened, but it just wasn't our time yet. When you uh, look at uh, what you've kind of done to, to, to the program now and where you're, where you're headed, 
the the excitement level should be at an all-time high, right? I mean, you guys, uh, you kind of mentioned it uh, in in your post-game press conferences uh, about how you know you're setting yourself up for something that could be pretty special here in the next few years. Yeah, and it's a process, and right. that process has taken. I'm an impatient guy, and and uh, it's taken a little bit longer than I had hoped. Uh, for obvious reasons, uh, you know, we've, with the the pandemic and everything else, and it's just taken us a while to grab a hold of some traction. And uh, this team, though, I was asked at the end, what do you see moving forward? And I said, it's going to be a lot of fun because uh, we're going to return the, the backbone of that team and uh, add in some key pieces. And obviously, you got to stay healthy and catch a break or two, but there's no reason our expectation as a as – uh, you know, Cajun Nation as a whole should not be uh, through the roof. When you talk about the Cajun Nation and the fans, and we've always known that this this baseball program is supported well uh, year after year, top 10 in attendance, and one of the best college baseball atmospheres. I've seen a lot of, uh, I went to Ole Miss, you know, been to Mississippi State, uh, seen, seen all of those, uh, LSU, whatever. Uh, it's impressive that a, a school of, uh, of this magnitude, uh, a group of five, whatever, you, however you want to label it, is able to consistently do that. And what yeah. do you attribute that to? I say it all. It's, this is a baseball town, mm. and this is a baseball area. It's a Acadiana is chock full of great baseball and passionate baseball people. They're very knowledgeable, very loyal, and uh, they understand Cajun baseball. And uh, so we get just very, very uh, faithful support. And uh, they just keep showing up no matter what. And my goal when I got back was we're going to give them their money's worth. And it's taken a second. Uh, but I feel like this team did that. And uh, I'm proud of that and proud of the way we were supported. I think we wound up like sixth or seventh uh, in the country in attendance, mm. uh, which yeah. that's all those schools with the patch on their sleeve. So uh, for us to do that, uh, that makes me pretty proud. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, and and it, it continually, I mean, the facility's phenomenal. Uh, there's there's some excitement uh, with regards to the future. So, yeah, yeah the, it looks looks pretty exciting for for uh, the upcoming uh, years or so. Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, the, the, you know, how the system works. Because I, I remember, you know, at the end of the season this year, you guys were kind of battling. I mean, you were on that, 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 Mendoza line, no, yeah. not even that. You were kind of down at the bottom trying to climb into that. Uh, is the system, uh, do you like the way they, they, they kind of gauge uh, the, the college baseball teams and, and how they get into the postseason? No. It's, uh, it's certainly flawed. Mm -hmm. And uh, it doesn't set up for uh, development. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is something that we take a lot, of, a lot of pride in as a program is development. We have to. We have to develop guys. And uh, so here's the thing, and, and talk about the excitement moving forward. We, we should set our sights on hosting next year because I think 70 or 80% of the teams that do come out of it, right? right. And our, our, uh, our crowd and fan base would be a definitive advantage. Uh, the heat on the turf would be a definitive advantage. And it's something that we're accustomed to and used to. Uh, but the way that you get there and, and everybody and, and I didn't like it either when when the league voted to go to a single elimination tournament because of rain 
But I told our guys, look, we've been playing elimination games for the last month mm. because we were teetering on that RPI Mendoza line, as you say. Sure. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. So there's a 30-something that didn't get in, and there's a 50 that did. And and so uh, I, I can't – we don't have enough time to go through all the different <laughs> right, right. metrics that make up this gumbo, uh, if you will, that they call RPI. Yeah. But there's a lot to it, and road wins is a definitive part of it. Uh, Q1, which is 1 through 50, uh, plus Q2, which is 51 to 100. You add those together, you need to have a winning record or at least be at 15. You need to have a winning road record. There's an actual formula called ELO, which was developed to measure chess expertise, hmm. which is factored into it. And so it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a high wire act, man. And yeah. Schools our size, and, and, and because we don't get the week-to-week -week, uh, top 25 RPI opportunities uh, that, say, some Power 5 schools are going to get. Right. So you can't lose at home to a, a Q3 or Q4 school, and that just puts a major dent in things. Yeah. Uh, and so you got to be very cognizant of that, uh, George, when you're scheduling. Uh, right. And you're scheduling two years out, so you don't know. Who's you you just got to kind of look at track record right. and history. And so, uh, no, it's it's flawed. Uh, I, I, w I wish it was geared more around development. And, you know, something that I've always thought would work is if, kind of like you did when you were in school, at the end, let's go back and drop our two or three lowest test grades. Mm. And you should be able to designate weekends or certain games where – yeah, we would like to be judged off of this. Right, right. Because you can't all the time pick your opponent. Right. So we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more. Yep. And uh, we'll have much more with Coach Matt Deggs for the Raging Cajun Baseball Program. Don't go away. We're back right after this. Welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation. George Faust here, Matt Deggs there, the head baseball coach for the Raging Cajuns. And Coach, uh, really enjoy speaking with you. It's always a pleasure. You're very insightful. And uh, so I'm going to ask you about some of my favorite players because yeah. you have the insight on that. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys I really enjoy watching, we talked about him earlier, is TR. But that's, I'm going to get to him in a second. I want to talk about Carson uh, and, and Rockford and what, what he's brought to this team and uh, your view of him as a coach and what you see from him. He's, uh, he's everything that you think, right? And so you watch him play, and uh, he's just as good a young man off the field as, as the play that you get on the field. And that's not all the time the case, right? So uh, he's, he's quiet, he's understated, he's very humble. Uh, but there's a burning, burning intensity inside of him, and it gets, it gets white hot. Uh, he doesn't like to make outs, and uh, he's a future big leaguer, I think. I know I'm biased. Uh, Jim Edmonds would be a good comp yeah. for him. Very good, yeah, uh, absolutely. Six-foot left-left guy that can really defend, yeah, throws that. good enough, but really has a hit tool. Yeah, okay. And uh, the thing about Carson is not only does he hit, he hits for power. Uh, he can defend and he steals bases. And that's why I thought, of course they didn't ask me, but uh, that's why I thought he would probably have the leg up on player of the year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just a fun guy to watch yeah. play. Another guy that I enjoy watching play is, uh, uh, is Robertson and TR. And, and he, he just seems like, you know, he's got, you know, every time he, he it seemed, he seems so clutch. 
And I don't know if that's how he is really, but uh, but from an outsider's perspective, watching the watch, you're like, all right, TR's up, Carson's up, TR's up. We got something going here. Yeah, TR's a natural ham. He he <laughs> he likes the stage. He likes yeah. the maybe that's why I like him because he, yeah, he's a good he, interview. he is, and he knows how to laugh at himself, and yeah. and uh, he doesn't take. Uh, he doesn't take himself too seriously, yeah. and uh, he's the same guy every day. He's got the shortest memory I've ever seen, which is a good thing in baseball. Right. Right. Yeah. He doesn't know what happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, that, that allows him to bounce back really quick uh, from at bat to at bat or game to game. And uh, the physical uh, ability and size and strength and speed, it's everything you look for. And for him, uh, I'm very proud of how far he came during his two years here. Don't know if we'll get a chance to coach him again with the draft coming up, but uh, that's one guy I'd like to see be able to play for a long time. Yeah, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch. There's no doubt about it. So uh, when you look at uh, the facilities around the, around the baseball area, the, the complex, uh, are there any improvements coming that, that, that you guys get to, you know, Yeah, talk I think – Obviously, we've got one of the nicer stadiums in yes. the country. Yes. And uh, when you fill it full of Cajuns, it becomes, in my mind, the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that we are working to do is, is build an operations building that, that houses uh, an indoor development center with pitching and hitting and all the stuff that comes with it. Uh, and we're in dire need of that. But, I mean, believe it or not, we don't have an indoor facility. We, yeah. you, you can go inside indoor football, but right. you've got to share that, et cetera. Uh, and so we're one of the few teams that that doesn't have that option. Uh, and in South Louisiana, that's important with weather, lightning. Absolutely. Lightning's a big thing. It doesn't even have to be raining. That'll knock you out for 30 minutes pop. Right. Uh, so uh, that's something that we're working hard on and ultimately uh, building off and extending our clubhouse. Coach, I appreciate your time. It, uh, always, always a pleasure to chat with you. Best of luck next season. Really enjoy. I, I used to tell Coach Tony Robichaud this all the time. You got to get me to Omaha. I've never covered the College World Series, so uh, I'm gonna just throw that out there. I'm gonna put that on you too. We'll get you to Omaha, George. <laughs> All right, we'll bust out the doors. <laughs> hey, one way or another, we'll go. We'll <laughs> figure go. it out. All right, Coach. Thanks All so right. much for your time. Thanks, George. All right, that's gonna do it for this week's edition of Inside Cajun Nation. We'll see you next time. Enjoy your week. Have a good one.